Hello, welcome back to the Salty Podcast. My name's Rob Shumsky, and I have Jennifer Matsu right over there. We are coming to you from Bayou Vista, Texas. We're in the fly room. It's Howdy. been a minute. It's been a minute since we've been on here. Um, but I thought we would catch you up on what we've been up to, kind of what's been going on. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about our tarpon season. We're going to talk about Mexico. We're going to talk about the Feather Flickers Fly Challenge coming up. Going to talk about local fishing. Going to talk about the permit pachanga for the ladies. And um, I don't know. Let's kick it off with uh, tarpon season. Yeah, that was that was a, a doozy, <laughs> and partly the reason why we um, have taken a little hiatus from the podcast. We spent a few weeks um, back and forth to the Keys for tarpon season and really went gung-ho and committed a nice chunk of time, energy, and finances <laughs> to our lovely tarpon in Florida. And it was And all, the Florida economy. Yes, and it was all 110% worth it. Balls to the wall, hardcore non-stop go is what I feel like my life's been like for a little while now but our first little tarpon season started off with Captain Betty Blanco and with Benny we fished uh, 10 days we fished from Key Largo to Marathon to Flamingo to everywhere in between and it was good. First, no, no, we fished with him last year, so this was our second time fishing multiple days with him. And for anyone who has not fished with him, I would say, oh, I think he's changing his books a little this year, but, like, try to get in on that action because he's just kind of one of those guys that's been doing it forever and... You won't know how good he is until you go with him or you know someone who's been with him. He is by far one of the top tier guides in Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, Benny is magical. (laughs) It's really what he is. I mean, talk about a human being who first and foremost is wholeheartedly kind and just makes me feel completely at ease in a very authentic way. And that's just who he is. And, I mean, as far as I can tell, he doesn't change who he is fishing or not fishing. And, you know, that that's something because, as we all know, fishing can be really intense and tarpon season can be really intense. And... um yeah, like Rob said, we fished 10 days straight with Benny. And he was an absolute gem the entire time. I mean, his enthusiasm for the fishery, his passion for teaching and sharing 
the boat with people that he, you know, finds near and dear to his heart, even if it's newer friends. He is all about relationships, and he knows that fishing is, you know, a piece of that puzzle. And, um, and I mean, even just from like a, well, I mean, gosh, um, where do I even start with him? From guiding, from a guiding perspective, what a diverse guide. I mean, to be able to fish from, like Rob said, you know, Key Largo, Biscayne, all the way into the deep Everglades. I mean, that man didn't even turn on his navigation in the Everglades when we were going because I think he's been running the Everglades since he was a teenager in a John boat and um, just knows it like the back of his hand. And, you know, to be able to have that kind of experience and knowledge and be able to share it with clients is just... um, it's unheard of. I don't know, unless you've been doing it a long time like he has, I just don't know how you could take the time to, to gain that. And um, what, a, what a treat for us to be able to uh, see that. I had never been to the, I had never been to Flamingo. I'd never been in the Everglades like that. Um, you know, I'd fished the backcountry before, but not deep in the park. And um, what a, what an incredible place. And you know, Benny, from a, I guess from a teaching standpoint, um, you know, gives, gives just this fine balance of giving the right amount, um, without it being overwhelming. And, um, I don't know, I I, I don't know what else to say. So that he is just kind of an ideal, an ideal guide for me, um, and probably an ideal guide for most people. Um, I just don't know how you could really, put together a more ideal situation um, and to watch him understand the way the tarpon move down the keys. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do. I've just never had that many consecutive days and to be able to follow kind of the path and trajectory of large meatballs, as he put it, or schools of tarpon and know that we've intercepted you know south bounders at one spot and that we were going to see them again because we had you know the ability to move farther south the next day and um, understanding with the tides and where they would likely be at certain times Um, and he was right (laughs) and it was just incredible and to sit there and watch him move you know lines in one spot where where it's like head on a swivel we have northbound fish we have southbound fish and and oftentimes we get shots at both um because of the timing of it all and it was just um it was just beautifully orchestrated and I landed my first Oceanside Tarpon on fly with him which was amazing I mean I had you know absolutely like leadered some others with bow and and whatnot but you know how it goes I mean Everything has to be absolute, everything has to go right. And a million things go wrong until you have your hands on the tarpon. And um, so that, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, fishing with Benny, it's, it, it's going to run you ragged because it's like, so we stayed in Key Largo and we'd meet up obviously at the boat ramp in the morning, right? 
So some days, you know, it's like 5 a.m. wake up call, be at the ramp by 5.30, be at the ramp by 6, be at the ramp by 5.15, whatever the case may be. It was like we were on a mission for fishing, it seemed like. And, you know, we just, we went everywhere and everywhere in between. And, you know, the guy knows his fishing spots. And one of my favorite spots, which will, well, I have two of, two, two of his spots or areas that we fished will go unnamed. But one of the spots, it was like, Picture perfect. You know, it was a high tide spot. Here they come. They're coming around this big ass hook. They're swimming. They're going to be, it's going to take them 15 minutes, it seems like, to get there. But they swim this big hook. They go in this big cove and they poke out over this white sand spot. And there they are. And you make your cast and hopefully feed one or two or three or four. Um, so. And it was like clockwork, right? Like, like clockwork. I mean, we're anchored. He told us exactly what to expect. And the tarpon would swim at us 10 o'clock time and time again. <laughs> and it was, it was pretty spectacular. It was like we got, you know, the old school fast pass to um, Space Mountain over and over again. Oh, it's great, you know, and... You know, this this is the first time uh, I've ever been tarpon fishing in the past 10 years in the Florida Keys where someone actually tried to steal our anchor ball while we're fighting a fish, which was interesting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that didn't happen. But um, And you know what? Benny handled it like a total gentleman. I was all like, wait a second. <laughs> they can't do that. And, of course, they didn't, they didn't take it because Benny handled it. But he just, I mean, he just shows his... His true, true positive colors at any chance. Yeah. And, you know, fishing, you know, I think within, I, you know, everything's kind of fuzzy because it was a while ago and my memory for tarpon, it's just kind of, they bleed into the next day. But, you know, let's just say the first three days fishing with Benny, good old Rob here went 0 for 10 on tarpon. Um, and, you know, whatever could happen, it would happen. I mean, I, and that's what I learned from tarpon fishing is, you know, you're not going to land every one unless you're Andy Mill or something. But I do know there's a story out there where there's been times where I think I, I don't remember the story. Next time I see Andy or maybe Nikki could tell me in a text or something that I think Andy went like 30, and know, or something like that on tarpon. 23 and 0. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was quite that high. I but think it was very high. Okay. Well, we'll find out. But <laughs> anyway, I went 10 and 0. Whether the tarpon pulled out, broke, jumped, and landed on the leader and broke it, wore through, just the hook fell out, you name it, it happened. And, you know, I, I love getting the eat. But I want to kind of fight them too. And once you start fighting them, you kind of want to land them. And, you know, some of these fish I hooked, um, they just stayed with the school and stuck on the bottom. I remember I was on mm. top. I hooked this one big one. And, I mean, it might as well have been 
hooked to a big ass stingray stuck on the bottom because you couldn't pull it off the school. No, didn't, I mean we no. could get right on top of the fish. You could, you could pull as hard as you can. You mm-hmm. can't move the fish. Um, it never even it never even rose at all. Like it didn't come up. It didn't. There was absolutely zero jumps. I mean, it was like it was like hooking a a a jack craval that's never going to rise up like a big jack craval. I mean, that was honestly kind. Of, I felt so bad for you. I was kind of scared because I thought, oh my god, yeah, that's great, take you a know. While. But I mean, you know, then finally the tarpon gods let up and they gave me a fish. So. I actually, you know, I don't remember over the 10 days how it went, but um, I think between Jen and I, we might have landed seven or so out of the 10, but we probably put 20 plus in the air or so, um, which is fine by me. It's great fishing. Um, when You know, when you fish with a guide down there in the Keys, it just... It just cuts everything to the to the chase. You know, the fish are there. You, you, you know, they got the right angles. You could throw the right flies. And you just got to do your part to get the fly in the right zone and swim the fly in the right way to where you kind of, you know, you tease that tarpon and tricking it to eating the fly. And, you know, I think Which having is- <laughs> having that, you know, this past tarpon season, for myself in the Florida Keys, it's it was one of the better ones in the past. Over the past, I say four years or four four mm-hmm. to five years, it's been one of the better years we've had in the Keys. And you know what? A, what a relief, you know, because the only way you get good at fishing for tarpon in the Keys, Mexico's a different story. We'll get to that. But the only way to get better at fishing for tarpon in the Keys is to be able to throw at a ton of them. And that, I mean, that's going to shorten your learning curve tremendously. Yes, and just, you know, throw it a ton and get snubbed a ton. <laughs> I mean, you know, those those Oceanside tarpon um, don't really like to eat the fly. <laughs> Reality check, you know. Um, and so it can be, it's incredibly humbling. And so when it actually happens... It's, um, it feels like a small miracle. And then when you actually land it and everything went right and they didn't fall on the leader and the hook didn't come out and all of those things, I mean, it's just something else. Right. Let's (laughs) talk about, so I don't know what you would call it, the anatomy of getting a tarpon to eat the fly. So in the Florida Keys, obviously you have, a tarpon that you land that's the holy grail that's the the top of the top right right then you have a tarpon you jump right that's pretty plain and simple then you have one that you feed that doesn't necessarily jump it comes off somewhere along the before it jumps and then this is where it gets a real tricky for us you know (laughs) because this is how hard it is there it's like you know we're we're counting like sniffs sniffs and <laughs> leans and looks and i mean everything in between and you're just like you know you're like man he really leaned on that one you know or he really looked he was yeah, i saw you know it's so visual i mean if you're right. you know and the one thing i will always say is in whether any kind of sight fishing you're doing if you're not fishing the fly you're 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 not 
I don't want to say you're doing it the wrong way, but if you're not fishing the fly, it's really hard to to judge what's going on out there. And sometimes, yeah, you're going to lose the fly and you can read the fish. You can catch, you know, get back to where your fly is. But mm-hmm. if you could really throw your fly out there and fish the fly and actually see what's going on and you can judge by the reaction of the fish, you know, and you're like, dude, that fish is looking at me <laughs> and <laughs> he sees the fly and he just looking at me like I see the fly and I see you and I'm not going to eat it, you know, or some of them will swim and they'll see the fly and they'll kind of swim towards it and look at it, sniff it. Then they'll see you or something. And they're just like, no, you know what? I'm not really interested this time. So it's, 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 it's a feeding the fish has so many nuances and nuances. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what's next is, you know, a swim by, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what next year is going to bring, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they're just swimming by. They're just not, you know, they're always in a migratory kind of, kind of deal in Florida, but man, you know, we're, we're just sitting there. We're like, man, you know, you're so positive and you're throwing at these fish, you know, water fish are coming down the flat and you're like, you know, you get a lean, you get a look, you get a sniff, you get a whatever. And, or, a, uh, or one peels off and starts to follow and even opens its mouth and you're like, oh, he's going to, you know, <laughs> he's going to inhale that fly. And there's a last minute turn off and you're like, whoa, <laughs> that was something. So, yeah, I, lo- I love how our expectations vary and change and yeah. um, our, our, and our I, yeah. you know, and speaking of that, I have a theory as well, because, you know, between Jen and I, we, you know, I don't necessarily, I have my own theory, but, you know, we had a lot of misses where they went up to go get the fly and they either push it out the way, um, miss it completely. I don't I know. I don't think they push it out of the way in Florida. Or we That's pull, in Mexico. Or, or, or we pull it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, whatever the case, I think mm-hmm. more so the latter, you know, we, we pull the fly out of the fly, out of the zone. Well, I missed a lot. Well, I say a lot. I mean, at least three or more solid eats. And it was one of those situations for me where it's like they garbage can it. And I, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I didn't, I didn't hook the tarp and it's like, do they garbage can it and open their mouth and back away? Or is it just Jen being such a tarpon rookie fisher woman that I didn't under, I, I don't know. But I mean, all I know is that something went wrong on some of my actual eats, right? So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Like Bo said, the object of the game is every time the tarpon eats for me to set that hook in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I missed a few times, several times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but fishing with Benny was great. I mean, we were always on the fish always had opportunities always um (laughs) i remember there's this we were we were fishing out back and you know i can cast pretty far and i've learned over the years to have enough line out to where you can cast pretty far but not shock the the fly you know if you cast too far and it kind of bounces back um so I, i i 
I have quite a bit of line out. Maybe like 70 feet, 80 feet of line on the deck. And this tarpon, it, you know, we spot it last second. It's probably not even 10 feet from the boat. I throw a roll cast out there and swim the fly right in front of the tarpon. Tarpon goes deep. And I turn back to Benny and I say, how in the world can that fish not see the fly? And then two, not even a nanosecond later, that tarpon garbage cans the fly. And I have 80 feet (laughs) of fly line on the deck. And it's just freaking mayhem. (laughs) And I clear the line. I get two, three jumps out of the fish and it falls off. But... (laughs) It was pretty cool. cool. It was pretty sick. There's a video somewhere um, that we have that it it was a pretty sick eat and just the just the rawness Mm -hmm. of it. You know, it was just so cool. And it was a big one. You know, when I say big, I'm saying probably 70 plus um, and. What a fun time. Yeah. I mean. Well, there were actually and there was another one that was so much fun to watch where. You never, I mean, yet you, the line stayed on the deck of the boat. Remember that? And, oh, yeah. And it, it, you never got the tarpon on the reel. You just kind of manhandled it. Yeah. <laughs> and you you hand stripped it. In. You know, we could talk about that too. It's like different guides, you know, and I, I don't fish with very many guides in the Keys. You know, there's only three that I've fished with. Um, but different guides want you to fight fish different ways because they think that you can land. They, they're trying to, they know what in their experience, what lands a fish Mm -hmm. and what I like, you know, is for them. I don't, you know, I've, I've, I've caught enough tarpon. I love the the process of it, but I'm, you know, I, I went through a period where I didn't want to fight them because it was a lot to handle. You were gun shy because you got, you got, you had a like a really intense experience. Yeah, right? I got tangled with a- <laughs> up with a big ass tarpon with bow, and it was like an hour and a half fight, and it finally wore through, and I was relieved. And I think for the next two seasons, I was like, you know what, I don't want any more of that. I just want to feed them jump them a couple times, break them off. And that's what I did for the, the next few years. And, you know, now I'm to the point where I don't care if I break them off. I just want to try to fight them as hard as I can, as fast as I can. You manhandle and them. And man, manhandle happens. them as much <laughs> as I can. And, you know, I don't care. It's intense. Like, if I break a line, if I break, I, like, rods, reels, I mean, all that, all that equipment is just, it's, it's a tool to be broken is my mentality when I go into it. And of course I don't want to break, I don't want to break it, but if it, if I do break something, it's so be it, you know, it's not the end of the world. It can be replaced. It's part of the game. It's, 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 it, it is what is tarpon fishing in my opinion. Um, so now i you know fishing with these different guides i like it when they let me or you know just kind of give me free will to like 
whip on a tarpon as good as I can with whether the technique is good or bad in some instances. Cause I mean, you know, if the tarpon's hundred feet away, there's really no good angle to pull on the fish, you know? I mean, it's hard to pull on a tarpon in my experience when they're 60, 80 feet away, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to mm-hmm. put some, put some pressure on them. You know, they need to be within that. I don't know, 30, 40 feet or by the boat to really give it to them, you know. Otherwise, it's hard to get that angle to get the rod, the, the butt of the rod to take all that, that pressure. But fishing with Benny for 10 days was, was a treat. Um, it was great. I mean... Epic is what it was. It yeah, was it was absolutely epic. epic. I mean, I, I, yeah, I wish that we could, you know, there's so much of, you know, photos and videos and all those things that, you know, we can't share because of, um, you know, giving away areas and whatnot. But, oh, my word. I mean, everything from when I think some people, if they follow us on social media, got to see your sunrise uh, jump of that tarpon yeah that was, was pretty sweet sweet <laughs> yeah we're at the boat ramp we put in at the boat ramp and i don't was this the second day we fished this area a second day in a row i believe so yes and so we're idling out and there's this old man in a bay boat with the trolling motor he's going tarpon fishing kudos to him except that the trolling motor's screws up well the flat so anyway yeah. so that's just anyway, that's another another situation but like, we dealt with these trolling we're motors. going to this <laughs> this flat and you know in the keys there's only so many spots on a flat so first come first serve right so we're idling out we're idling out the channel I finally get to the end of the no wake zone everyone gets on playing the guy goes straight through the you know he's taking the channel and we cut across and we're like hauling ass trying to we and we barely i felt like i was in the redfish cup all over again we're like hauling ass we're like racing this guy and he's all by himself you know and it's three of us in little uh hell's bay professional and you know we beat him pretty good we get to our spot he kind of passes us I mean, no sooner do I get stripped out, I make a cast, first cast of the day, hook a, hook a decent fish, and, you know, it was picture perfect. Sunrise <laughs> jumps, I mean, yeah, that, was, that was probably one of the most memorable moments of yeah. fishing with Benny was uh-huh. just like, you know, and it was one of those things where I remember Benny saying, you know, I hooked the fish, put the right angle on the fish. The fish kind of jumps, swims off, jumps again. And I remember Benny saying, we literally have all day to fight this fish. I mean, it's first cast of the morning. And then after he said that, of course, what happens, the fish pops off, you know, (laughs) but what a great time with Benny. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that he needs the business, but if you're ever in the area, whether it's tarpon season or not, mm, give him a call, see if he's got something open, and go 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 take a ride with him. Yeah, I mean, I, my my thought and my guess is that his books are 
pretty full, but you never know, right? And especially, I think, um, you know, the more we can support um, any guide in in their off season of their season is um, of great value. So, uh, yeah, even if you can't get in with tarpon season, maybe um, he can show you some really cool stuff in the winter. So, um, yeah, good, good, good stuff. And then. I think we came home for, I don't remember, a couple of weeks, maybe a week or something. And then we went back to um, Isla Morada to fish with Bo Basso. Um, My boy, Bo. Yes. Who Rob has been fishing with for like, I don't know, 10, 10 years or so now. And it was my fourth tarpon season, but third um, season with Bo. And... Um, and I've been fly fishing for three years, so do that math. <laughs> kind of weird, but um, anyways, uh, yeah, we we spent we spent I can't remember five days, four or five days with Bo, and then we spent a couple of days with Bryce Gabriel, um, and who is um, works with Bo, and we had just an incredible week in Isla Morada, and um, and. I mean, gosh, I mean, if anyone can teach in a very calculated way, it's Bo. I mean, you know, the beauty of the way that Bo Basso guides is that absolutely nothing is left up to chance. I agree with that. He. Hands on deck. All hands on deck. I mean, he describes from the moment you get to a spot before you get to a spot exactly what he imagines is going to happen or knows what's going to happen not even imagines and um how you know what likely the fish are going to be behaving like what we're looking for what the you know what the seafloor looks like how the fish will be swimming what the tide and the current are doing what are the fly will be doing in response to that. And, um, and then, you know, cast when Bo says to cast, <laughs> you land the, land the fly where Bo says to land the fly, which is typically 18 feet in front of the fish, um, you know, at the right angle with the fly moving in the right direction with the current. And, um, and it's just, it's totally amazing to hear how he is so calculated and and is so good at communicating his thoughts so that you know I, we can hear him we can listen to him now whether or not it always happens is another story on the angler's part but um I'll tell you what he he lays out the plan and um you know, it's up to the angler to execute it. Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, with listening to, like, Millhouse podcast, you listen to all these greats, all these guides, all these anglers talk about fishing. And if you really pay attention, you really can learn a lot from these guys. And, you know, like, if you really pay attention to your guides sometimes, you can really learn a lot. And one of the takeaways, too, with me even though I knew it in the past, it's, it's happened in the past, but 
you know, when I first started fishing with Bo, it wasn't like Rob was fishing the fly all the time. You know, it's like, okay, I think I know where the fly is and I might see it every once in a while. But then, you know, through years of experience, you know, you really hone in on fishing the fly. And, you know, it was with Bo this year that I really kind of honed in on my little bit, my craft of angling a little bit more to where, you know, you make a cast and you're bringing the fly, whether it's mostly two-hand stripping. um, And then, you know, Bo's like, bring it, bring it, slow, slow, stop. You know, like like you're in the zone now, stop it. Now slowly start bringing it. You know, so it's just getting in that zone of awareness of that fish to where it's in the exact right spot to where you start moving it again. And I think those are some of the big takeaways because, you know, think about it. Sometimes you throw a fly out there and it's just strip it in, you know, whereas... Mm -hmm. It, it it plays a part in redfish as well, you know, where we might strip, strip, strip real fast to get in front of the fish and stop it. But this is a little more calculated, mm-hmm. a little more precise, a little Technical. more like throwing it out there, leading the fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, swim it to me, Rob. Get it in the zone. Slow it down. Stop it. And then, okay, start it again. And, you know, it's like that little dance where the tarpon sees the fly, hones in on the fly. And it's almost like... <clears throat> you know speed it up a little bit speed it up bring it bring it bring it here it comes here it comes bring the bring and then uh, it's got it you know set you know the whole and then it's mm-hmm. over um so and the things i learned are like and i mean this is probably basic for a lot of people but it wasn't for me because i haven't done this you know for a lot of years um is that when you're when i'm two hand stripping I was always so confused when people would say, you know, set it or whatever it was, you know. And so I'd think, well, if I'm two-hand stripping, like, what what do you mean by that, you know? And Bo was like, you just keep, you don't do anything different. You just keep stripping. And, you know, that the two-hand strip was different for me and, and really understanding that piece was critical, you know, because I thought that once they ate, I was supposed to go to like a double hand set, which you can, right? But I think that probably adds in a variable for error. Um, So that was really cool for me to learn. And then um, something else was keeping the rod tip in the water, even when clearing the line. I don't, I don't, thing I don't know if I, I I really don't know what I used to do but until he identified that I had to do that um you know now that's like part of what I know um because I guess it gives more attention on the line in case the when the fish jumps once you know they've run and you've cleared the line then you've got you're in a better angle is that right yeah I guess I think so yeah I think you know I think keeping the rod down obviously is <laughs> key in saltwater fishing when you're trying to, you know, set the hook or, or try to clear your line or what have you, especially with tarpon. Um, uh, I think another thing with 
you know, keeping the rod down and keeping the line, you know, most of the line in the water is creating, you know, drag on the line to help have resistance against the fish and the hook. Um, but, you know, I don't know. That's part of, yeah, to Jen, it might have not been super obvious. No, because you know? I think that before I would clear the line and I would just more, I would care more about having my hands apart. And I thought once I set the hook, I could kind of bring everything up more to like midline. And no, I'm supposed to keep, you know, everything down, keep it down in the water. So that was helpful. You know, I mean, yeah. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I'm not trying to make things harder. Yeah. And it's cool fishing with Bo. I mean, we, we, you know, we fished one spot and it was dismal at high tide, but at low tide, it was like, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was like a whole bunch of big tarpon, small and big, sitting on the edge of a flat, waiting for bait fish to fall off the flat. Oh, were you talking about? Our last day. Yeah. Oh, my word. I mean, it was... It was like Bo was like the Pied Piper. I mean, I really thought... There had to be 30 tarpon just sitting there. Oh, I mean, in that one spot, though. But we had, like, a city block of that. That yeah, was cool. <laughs> we can I mean, it was... I mean, it's <laughs> nothing like I've ever seen before. And I'm going to paint a picture for you guys since <laughs> this is a podcast. So, it's like, imagine tarpon... <laughs> facing imagine the tarpon let's say they're in five feet of four or five feet of water and the flat is obviously too shallow for them to swim on but it drops off they're all facing that flat <laughs> waiting for shit to come off and the current's coming the tide's coming perfectly off to push it in there so basically what we do we pull up behind these fish <laughs> We throw in front of them and slide the fly in front of the fish and hope they bite, in which I don't even know. Like, we Mm. were, uh, I think, did you catch one out of them? I did. I landed one there. Jen landed one. And um, I fished one of the rods. I don't don't remember how everything went down because it's so long ago, but. You know, throughout the day, we were having a little tough time getting some bites. So we were down to 30 pound bite on when I was up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we, oh, you, you, we, you hooked the grande. Yeah, hooked a grande. So there's a there's a fish and I don't know, a grande, maybe 110 pounds. I don't know. That's the guesstimate, you know, but I throw out there the fish bites, jumps. And like, I'm, you know, I'm clearing the line. I'm like, oh shit. And Bo, you know, afterwards, Bo's like, and you know, the fish breaks off. I mean, wears through the 30 pound, like no, no problem. And Bo's like, what's the oh shit about it? I was like, dude, I saw how big that fish was when he jumped out of the water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I knew I was going to be in for it, you know? So, um, happy and sad at the same time that he broke off, but, uh. Fishing with Bo was uh, oh my God. always a treat, man. I always oh. learned so much from that guy. That guy, I mean. Me too. He's like one of those guys where, 
him and I, we're not the same, but we're all fucking business when it comes to tarpon fishing. And, you know, like, it's funny, you know, to reverse back down to uh, Benny. I don't know what day it was, but I'd look back at Benny and said, Hey, Benny, just so you know, man, I don't talk a lot, but I'm having the time of my life just so you know. You know, and, I remember that. Yeah. And, you know, because, I mean, I guess us as guides, sometimes we don't know what the person on the front of the boat's thinking, but, um, yeah, um, I'm all business whenever I'm tarpon fishing. I mean, I like to have fun, but, like, I mean, I'm there to fish and try to catch fish. I'm not, I mean, I'll have a good time, but I'm not, I'm not that good time guy. <laughs> no, you leave the conversations up to me, which is, <laughs> I'm a, I can be, a, you know, I have my moments where of silence for sure. And I can, you know, but I'm always in the zone, even when I'm chatterboxing. I'll never forget when <laughs> I, I died, I, a little tangent, but one time I was permit fishing with Chandra and I mean, we are just, na, 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 and then I'm like, permit. <laughs> And I cast to it. And she was like, no shit. You can just do it, you know, like talk and focus and cast and do all the things, you know. But that's the fun thing is that, you know, I think Rob and I balance each other out. And um, and it was it was Yeah, Jen's, really good, my, Jen's good for my PR. <laughs> well, I just, you know me, I like to, I, I, I want to know every, I want I just, I like to talk <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Fishing with Bo. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to get to fish with him every year. I know he, um, I mean, I, I don't, you can't fish with him during tarpon season unless you already fish with him. And that's kind of like the way he has his, his, his guide business set up. So the only way you can fish with Bo is to fish with him not during tarpon season. And hopefully he likes you enough to where over the years you, it sounds shitty, but it's just the reality. It's uh, hopefully over the years, maybe a spot opens up and he offers it to you. That's kind of the only way to fish with Bo during tarpon season. Cause he, you know, these guys are in high demand and like most any top tier guide, which, you know, I was watching one of the episodes of Silver Kings lately, and Jared, who I'd love to fish with. Um, Jared Raskoff. And there, yeah, Jared Raskoff. And there's a ton of young guides there. Oh, man, there's some the great young, The young, young up-and-comers. Oh. There's like three I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, that Something else. Would so be good. who I'd pick right, right now. If I didn't have a guide, I'd pick one of those guys. Um, message me and figure it out. Like, well, we can talk about actually. Speaking of young up and comers, we can talk about Bryce. Yeah, Bryce is one Bryce of Bryce Gabriel, who we had the time of our lives with in Isla Mirada. And wow, what an absolutely fishy dude that guy is. And you know, I. It's hard to go into detail without giving away a lot. I don't know if I can yeah, I mean, talk I about where we, like, I won't say where, but I mean, like the current and that kind of thing. Yeah, we'll talk that about okay? that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but let's, so Bryce Gabriel, um, he's Bo's little protege. Um, so I don't know, I'm going to get the story wrong, but here's how the story kind of goes. Bryce gets out of high school, contacts Bo because they grew up in the same town or so. 
Bo's dad and Bryce's dad or something. Bryce's they, uncle. They they all know each other. So Bryce goes to Bo and says, hey, I want to be a guide. And Bo says, yeah, okay, whatever. Whatever the case may be, no. You know, go get go go to college, get your education like he like a dad would say. So Bryce goes to college, gets his education, and shows up on Bo's gives Bo a call after he graduates college and says, Hey, I want to be a guide. And then Bo's like, Okay, you okay, you're back. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that whole relationship yeah. kind of started or has, you know, was nurtured and, and made to what it is today. And so <laughs> it's kind of funny too. I, I hope Bryce listens to this. And uh, but you know, so I said, well, so Bo, what's the mentorship look like? And he said, well, it's just you know, he's got to go out there. And I I don't want to say Bo says you can't go to this spot or this spot or this spot, but don't go to these spots because go find your own stuff. Mm-hmm. So Bryce is out there you know, paving his own way, trying to do his own thing and, and learn his own stuff and figure things out. And, and I mean, really the mentorship is, I mean, you know, I can't speak for them, but the little bit, I got a glimpse in it. The mentorship is, um, yeah, like Rob said, don't, don't go to these places. <laughs> it's the mentorship. Bo has not handed Bryce any specific no there's no go here on this tide and try it out no there's none of that i mean even when we fish i mean you just like you know between and among guides it is zero information at any time (laughs) yeah it's you're on your own yo-yo you know i love the term (laughs) yo-yo you're on your own Mm -hmm. so anyway fishing with gabriel bryce um bryce gabriel is he is always happy, always smiling. Get he's always got the turtle box jamming, whether it's low, but he's got a great playlist. Oh yeah. So oh yeah, old school. Young stuff. or old, <laughs> you're gonna love the playlist. There's music always playing, even while you, the fish don't mind. And um you know he I think this is his third year, second year. I think it's his second. Second tarpon tarpon season. season Yeah. And, man, I, you know, if you want to go fish the Mecca, which is Alamorada, Florida Keys for tarpon fishing, get on this guy's books because. Like now. Like now because (laughs) he, you know, and I, I, we have to double back because. While we were in Mexico last week, he sent me a message and said, hey, I'm trying to, you know, book some tri- trips or, you know, for next year. And I'm like, let me get back with you. And I haven't gotten back with him yet because I haven't had time. But uh, get on his books um, and we'll talk about the fishing with him. He's so energetic. He can see the fish. Um, mm-hmm. He knows, I mean, you know, he's learning the area but he the boy fishes all the time days off he's out there you know he's always fishing and we were on fish i mean i think i think that one of our days may have been just i mean 
it was it was an incredible magical day where no we had six bites in in like oceanside an afternoon on the ocean oh my like it it was i mean yeah i know it happens but like it doesn't happen very often and we made it happen it was so great i mean it was just you know he's just you know i think with with anything you go well he understands the tides which they all have to and you fish a spot and you know it's like um the last millhouse Mil- podcast and it's, it's what what i believe too it's what brandon sear was talking about when he was talking about him and either ian ian slater or him and nathaniel lenville or something like that they were talking about you know you might like a tide on a 0.8 fall or 0.5 rise or whatever whatever the tide may be but uh that's like you know learning things is bryce has learned things and we went to the one spot which I've fished many a times before, but never fished it when it was this good. Mm-hmm. But it's a falling tide spot. And, Current's you know, ripping. it's just ripping out. And the fish are, you know, the water gets dusty. The fish are coming in. You throw the fly. You swing the fly to the fish. And they don't have a fucking choice. They're just, I mean, it's, it is, I don't, fl- I don't freshwater fish. But it is the epitome of fucking drifting the fly in front of the tarpon and they can't resist it because it's so natural and they lose their shit and oh they God. eat it. It was something else. Uh, I thought, my word, now this has changed what I believe Oceanside tarpon did you know because i thought they sniffed they leaned they looked they ignored (laughs) they they did all the things but that day bryce showed us that no they will eat your fly every single time given the right conditions the right current and wow yeah and you know just to paint paint the picture better you're facing a certain direction you see the fish coming let's say you see the fish coming at 11 o'clock 80 feet away you start your cast you land your fly at like 9 30 40 feet and it swings till 11 o'clock where that fish is and it closes the gap and it's i mean if you could time that swing mm-hmm, to the path mm-hmm. of the fish and you're stripping as well you're not just throwing it out there and letting it drift you as you strip it swings i mean if you can time that oh my i mean it's like <laughs> the recipe yeah. for great things to happen with tarpon fishing yeah. i mean i've we chase so that's I, yeah. I, I i'm I, i'm a firm believer in the keys like if you can find the right tide to help your fly swing in front of the fish. I think I, and I don't know much, but I am firm believer after seeing it so many times that that is the way to get that tarpon to jump out of its skin mm-hmm. and gobble that fly. I mean, just, I mean, we, we, we had six, six bites that day, but no telling how many fish, tried to gobble the fly too you know i mean it was just pretty insane and i had one like you know 
eat the fly, clear the line. It's way the hell out there. It's jumping, and um, I have to, you know, step down into, um, oh, gosh, <laughs> help me, Rob. What do you call it? Oh, the gunnel. Yeah, I mean, the, the, no, I mean no. the, the cockpit. Into the cockpit because, you know, we're, it's, it's real. I mean, it's windy. The waves are, you know, coming and the whole bit. And I'm thinking, oh, my word, it, this, this one's going offshore. We're going to go out for a while. And, um, you know, it's jumping, and, you know, I did all I could. But anyways, the the fly came out, or I, I can't remember if the fly came out or the leader broke, whatever. But another time, Rob was up on the bow, and, and we were taking waves over the bow, as, you know, many of you probably have when you're tarpon fishing and chasing down these fish and, um so we had, we had, we took some good ones over did. the bow where it was yeah. like it was scary. full on <laughs> a four inch sheet of water <laughs> coming over the bow, filling up the cockpit like multiple times in a row. I didn't know what was going to I mean, happen. I, <laughs> I've been there and done that before, so it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but, um, I never had seen that. So I was, was a little bit like, oh my gosh, are we going to sink? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was a little, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, something new for Jen to see. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's part of the game, you know, I mean. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I have to say? And, um, I won't belabor it, but, you know, thinking about Bryce's technicalities as a guide. He's up on the pulling platform. Rob, you know, hooks this fish. He's clearing the line, and the wind is blowing. I mean, it's it was, I don't know, 20-plus easily, right, Rob? And the, the line gets blown, and it wraps kind of over his rod and reel. And without me even realizing, Bo, I mean, sorry, Bryce was already off of the pulling platform, got down there, pulled the line off of um, Rob's hand, helped him make sure everything was good, and then back where he, and then Bryce moved back. And I thought, my God, I mean, it was just, it was seamless, and it was like that quiet efficiency. And so, you take this super enthusiastic, happy-go-lucky, fishy dude who is dialed and calculated at the same time. And, I mean, what a recipe yeah, for... Yeah, it's like all the yeah. guides I've fished with in the Keys, man. They're so agile. They'll be on the polling platform, and they could be up in the bow in, you know, two seconds, you know. I mean, so they're super agile. But um, to find Bryce... It's C-A-P-T, Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, Gabriel, G-A-R-B-R-I-E-L on Instagram. Um, you'll find him, send him a message, give him a follow, figure it out, follow him, see what he's up to. Um, I have a lot of people that always ask me, like, they want to go fishing in the Keys. Who do, who do they go with? That's your guy. That's the guy you can get in with. You get in with him now. In five years from now, you're going to be like, thanks, Rob. I mean, now I have somebody and no one else can have him because he's too busy. Um, I give him two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not going to be long. Um, and, you know, that's the thing, too. It's like he has all the equipment. I mean, he has the boat. I mean, he has everything. I mean, he's and, you know, that's the thing, too. It's like. And he's got a magic fly that we can't talk about. Yeah. But I haven't seen 
anybody else. I mean, not that I fish with that. It's a little wormy, but that's all we can say. That's but all we can say. What I will say too with this, it's different. Benny, Bo, and Bryce, we crushed the waters. I mean, like I don't even know. We go through a case and a half a day on the boat drinking water between three of us. I mean, we would just crush water all day long to stay hydrated and, you know, get up and do it all over again the next Mm -hmm. day. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say I wouldn't change a thing, you know, and it's just the way Rob and I fish and how we plan our trips. There are no days off. So when we go tarpon fishing, it's literally 10 days straight. You know, there's not a day where we're like, oh, we're going to take a day off and relax. And Lay then, by the pool. No. That would be nice. But where we go, there <laughs> no. is no pool. No. <laughs> we are we are on it from, you know, sun up to sun down and then do it all over again. Yeah. And so yeah. that's pretty much uh, the Florida Keys for us. And uh, we're going to run, we're going to take a little intermission, and then we'll be right back to talk about Mexico. All right. And just like that, we got reloaded on our drinks and cigars, and we're going to take you guys down to Mexico. We went to Mexico twice seven days at a time um eight uh, but six days eight, of fishing. yeah six days of fishing something like that um the first trip this year we went to ascension bay lodge run by daniel love that guy oh my god <laughs> what a lodge, great place. like i mean daniel he's hands-on owner he's there um the lodge is beautiful. The accommodations are awesome. The guiding is top notch. The food, the dinners, the drinks, unbelievable. This is in Punta Allen. In Punta Allen, Mexico. On Ascension Bay. Yeah, on Ascension Bay. Um, man. And it was our second time to fish... Ascension Bay Lodge. Was it only our signal third? Was it our second? I don't know. No. Maybe. Had to be a third. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, second or third. I, I <laughs> honestly, it's hard. I, I think, I don't know. But um, either way, um, happy to go back there again and again. Um, either way, yeah. before I forget, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings if you're in Mexico and you listen to this, but one of my favorite guides is Philly. And so anytime you go down to Punta Allen, I don't care what lodge you stay at. You could stay at ABL. You could stay at Punta Allen Fishing Cup, Kai Fly, Grand Slam. You could stay at um, Palometta Club. But Philly and his wife have a shop. It's called Philly Millie, F-I-L-I-M-I-L-I. Philly Millie. It's at the beginning of town, kind of catty corner of the soccer field to where all the lodges are. If you need to go buy snacks, cigarettes, whatever you need, go there and support him because he's actually a guy that works with, you know, takes us all fishing. Mm-hmm. And he's one of my favorite. He's 
We have a lot of favorites, he's, and he's the, he he's is one of them. Like, amazing. He's a gem. <laughs> in, in like this past trip, well, one of the the past trip we just got back from, one of the girls fished with Philly because he filled in at, Pal- um, at, at Palometta, Palometta Club, Club. Yes, and she loved him. Oh man, yeah. how can you not? Everybody so, loves him. He's anyway, something else. He's yeah. one of the senior guides at um, Ascension Bay Lodge, mm-hmm. and. I just wanted to give him a little shout out for all of us that go down there. I know all of us go down there and, you know, there's always that one guy in the group that always wanders off and goes buy a pack of cigarettes. Go buy a pack of cigarettes from that guy because he's awesome and he's so nice. And and like all of them, hardworking and, you know, um, he no longer participates. And th- this is a whole other discussion, but, you know, there's this big lobster fishing um that happens down there, and that is a huge piece that offsets and and, and complements the guide's um, revenue for the year. And this year in particular has been really um, challenging for the lobster fishery. And um, Feely is, um, from my understanding, no longer a lobster fisherman um, and is instead really focusing in on the on those shops so how wonderful to go in it's nice too i went there it is nice yeah i mean it's nice yes so what i would like to talk about since we were just talking about tarpon is to talk about the tarpon fishery in ascension pay because until this year of course i mean i i i you know, leadered my very first tarpon ever in Ascension Bay. And tarpon are there and have always been there. And that's that's not a newsflash. However, um, it seems to me like the guides, at least at ABL, are, you know, most of them got their knowledge. Straight 80. From... Um, we'll talk about the, their leaders did it, but um, their knowledge of uh, how to fish tarpon from deep water tarpon, holbosh, and um, nothing wrong with that, right? But it's a different way of fishing tarpon. And, um, and that's where at least, you know, some of them had gotten their knowledge from. And so they, they I think thought that you have to kind of you know run run down the tarpon in the in the deep water like they did in Holbosch. Well the flats in Ascension Bay are are not like that. And um and it's really cool and such an awesome thing to see the beginning of an understanding of how you know, the guides in that bay are learning and wanting to learn how to fish the tarpon on the flats in a different way. And, I mean, think about it. Like, if if that's all you know, that's all you know. And if you haven't really seen what it's like to fish tarpon on the flats, you haven't had the privilege of, you know, fishing Isla Mirada. 
or Key West or where have you in the Keys and to see what it looks like to fish the inside and outside lines and to understand the tides and what these fish do and how to set up. And uh, we got to see it firsthand kind of the unfolding of, um, at least with one guide, their understanding of how to set up in a spot, how to fish tarpon coming down a tarpon flat. And I can't speak for all of them because I'm sure that there's several of them that understand. Let me paint a little bit easier picture. In years past, here's how it goes. You're cruising along, going to another spot. You spot some tarpon. You haul ass, get in front of them, set up real quick, throw at them as they're going by. They don't bite. You haul ass again, get in front of them, and try to throw at them again. If that doesn't work, what do you do again? You haul ass, and you get in front of them and throw at them again. Yes. And granted, these are fish hauling ass, you know. And let's take, okay, that doesn't work. Let's take the next year. You're sitting on a flat. They swim by you. Oh, no. They can't swim by you. You get on the motor. You haul ass. You get in front of them again and try to intercept them again. That's the thing of the past, I hope, and I think is going to happen there. Sometimes. Sometimes. What's What I think, you know, the difference between the tarpon from Mexico to Florida, the difference is if you throw a fly within five feet of the tarpon, it's going to garbage can it. It doesn't matter about, I mean, I say it doesn't matter about the angle, but yes, if you have a better angle, the better the chances are, but you throw it in front of the tarpon, it's coming over there yes. and it's going to eat the fly. Nine times out of 10, not only is it going to eat the fly, but it's going to, it's going to eat the fly so aggressively that the water is going to push that fly out of the tarpon's mouth. I never had that problem. Oh, please. I never had that oh problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rob. I, I, tell me when. Okay. So we were fishing, and do you remember when you got three eats on the same fly out of, yep. out of multiple fish? It's because when they went to eat, that fly was pushed up so fast that it pushed it out of the tarpon's mouth. He went to eat again, and then he went to eat again, and then another tarpon ate. That's true. Yes. That so, is the, that so, is the, but I still got bit. Okay, but <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the way they eat is so aggressive that they will push the fly up and out of the way. And then you've got tarpon eating a, the same fly three and four times. So with that said, a heavy, a heavier tarpon fly sometimes in Mexico is really your ticket because they're so aggressive. Yeah. And you know, let's, um, there's a lot to unpack here on this trip because, you know, I fish with, you know, we fish class leader and, you know, I've, I've, Rob, why don't you? I mean, a lot of people know what that is, but why don't you break down what that well, sounds yeah, like? Yeah, so that looks like. you know, we fish a certain pound test for the smallest. The smallest diameter is. Let me. I'll. I'll just start from the beginning. 
down in Mexico, they usually fish an 80-pound leader. Straight. Straight. 80. Straight. Straight 80. So that's the whole, that's it. That's 80 all they got. or 100. 80 or 100. Um, we fish class tippet, which means the smallest part of the leader is the class, which could be 12, 16, or 20. Um, in my experience of tarpon fishing, I've never had to tie a leader because I've always fished with guides in the Florida Keys, and they do it all. Even though I've been in seminars with Rob Fordyce, I've talked to Bo straight in the face, and he's told me before what I need to do. Um, and I have Rob Fordyce's book. I've it's in. I think it's in the Passion for Tarpon. I mean, it's in all these. It's it's anywhere you look. But went down to Ascension Bay Lodge, and you know I'm like. The American guy that's like, oh, no, we're not going to throw 80, dude. We're going to throw 20 pound. And 20 pound is, it's not saying much, right? 20 pound class. So the way the tarpon leader goes, 60 pound butt section, mono, 40 pound mono butt section, 20 pound hard mono. I will repeat that again. 20 pound hard mono, and then you have your 60, 50, 40 pound fluorocarbon bite tippet. The hard mono is the key there. Um, whether it's 12 pounds, 16 pound or 20 pound. Anyway, I went down there and I thought not even, I, I, I have the diagram right in front of my face and it says hard mono, but what do I do? I tie on 20 pound fluoro. Jen, get, Jen gets up. I, tw- I saw I do a, I did 50 pound mono butt section to 40 pound mono butt section to 20 pound fluoro to 50 pound fluoro bite tippet. Jen gets up there, boom, makes a cast. As soon as the fish bites, pops off. And I'm like, mm. you know, me thinking me being a dude. You have to be me being a dude with all this ex- this experience. I'm thinking, she, yeah, she screwed um, it up. <laughs> you, she might have. I don't. I, it didn't look like you did, but she must have held on too long. And of course, I thought, well, I must have must have held on. I too must long. have, but I didn't think you know? I did. <laughs> and maybe then, a microsecond you know, I held too long, but I don't know. <laughs> fast forward, it's Rob's turn. Tie another leader. Get it up there throw to a tarpon it eats as soon as it eats boom pops i'm like it must be a bad spool (laughs) i must have a bad i must have a bad spool of 20 right (laughs) and that's what i told all the guys back at the lodge i was like i think i got a bad spool right we couldn't figure it out you know what you know and i'm i take full credit like i didn't know i just and you know our whole trip, we were we were using twenty pound fluoro for our class tippet, and you know, in retrospect, I think we I think we fed I don't know five tarpon or something, and I mean we we really should have we probably you know if well if they didn't fall in the leader or whatnot. You know, though we we could have had a few to hand. Yeah, and, and I don't know what the deal is because I've caught jacks with straight fluoro leaders you know to 20 pounds i don't know what yeah i don't know i don't know if 
it's just the aggressiveness aggressiveness of the bite, how fast they take it and turn. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but but we came back and we did some yeah. Fast forward, I get back and I called Bo and I said, "Dude, <laughs> what happened?" <laughs> and I told him my recipe and he said, "Yeah, the fluoro is a hundred percent your problem. It needs to be hard ma- hard mono." So I ordered a hard Mason from Mason Hard Mono. Mason, Mason's the brand name. Yeah. Hard mono is from the type of mono. Old, what was it from old, old Florida Fly Shop or and something I, like that? And y'all, that I I ordered it and I think it was like two days, maybe maybe three days later, that was in my mailbox, ready to rock. And uh, I mean, and that's Rob, Rob said, order from them. They don't mess around, and you'll get it. And so, I kid you not, yeah. got it. <laughs> and we'll talk about you know. Palomato Club versus, you know, so we were at A-Bell first and then we went to Palomato Club. But, you know, when we, I'll jump forward just to talk about the leader setup. Um, when we go to Palomato Club, I'm more confident because I'm like, my not, and I talked to Bo and I'm like, he tells me exactly how to tie these knots and I've practiced them and I'm like, and Rob, your, your knots are, I've never, so that's what we were sat there and we pulled on his knots. Cause we were like, I've never seen a knot fail, you know, even with big, big Jack Creval. And I'm like, it's not, it can't be the knot. So, um, but you know, I want to talk real quickly before we get too deep. Well, let me, let me finish this. Let me finish the thought. So, you know, we show back up after that ABL trip and we're at Palomino Club and I'm like, all right, I'm talking, you know, because, you know, when you step on a boat in Mexico, you know, and you're going to throw out these tarpon, the guides want you, no matter where you go in the world, the guide wants you to catch the fish, you know, and like, let's say I go to the Seychelles and I'm going to catch a uh, GT or whatever. If the guide says, Rob, you know what, 20-pound class, it ain't going to happen. We need to throw straight 80. I might I might change my, my tune. Not me. But <laughs> I know for Never. tarpon, you can catch them on 12-pound or 16-pound or whatever pound you want. So this time we go back, and I have, I'm armed with, like, the right stuff, right? So, Bam. I go out there, hook a fish, fight it, pull on it, pull as hard as I can. I can't break the fish off. You know, 15 minutes later, wears through. No big deal. Okay. So, okay. Bring it in. Yeah, of course. The leaders chewed up. It wore through. What tie on a new uh, fluoro? And it wears through because of where it's hooked and yeah. basically, you know, when, when you... Yeah, the sandpaper mouth of the tarpon, it right. wears through. So, you know, I think, all right, no big deal. I'm going to tie on another bite tippet, another fly, throw back out there, hook another tarpon, fight it, boom, breaks at the class. And I'm like, hmm, you know, two lessons learned. Fluoro... For your class, the wrong formula. Hard mono for your class is the right formula. What I've learned, and your experience might be different, but you get a bite, 
You stretch the You stretch that class, cut it all off, start all over, put a new class, leave your butt section, leave your 60 to 50 or 50 to 40, tie on a new class, a new bite, Mm -hmm. new fly, Mm -hmm. and go to town. I learned the hard way from not being lazy, just trying to, just experimenting and seeing what I can get away with. And, you know, when you break off a tarpon with 20 pound, you know, the guides are just like, hey, you know, you know, 20 pound. I'm like, dude, it's fine. I'm, I'm cool with it, you know. So you got to be able to back up. You can't just say, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, maybe we should go to 80. You know, just stick, stick, stick with your ground and say, you know what? And, you know, I think after talking with some people down there and, you know, like a lot of tarpon fishermen, it's like 20 pound is kind of like the crutch. You're not doing a lot with 20, you know. Once you get to 16, you're kind of teeter-totter in the line of, like, really being fair game to these tarpon. So I think next year in the Florida Keys, even Jen Cutter Tarpon on 12-pound just a couple days ago. But um, in the Florida Keys, I'm going 16 pounds. And when I go to Mexico, I'm going 60-pound hard hard mono. I'm not going to mess with 20 anymore. Okay. I think 16 is plenty. Um, but anyway, let's well, get back. Well, I want to – but no, before we move on from leaders, what I'd like to talk about for just a second um, is why we feel strongly that, you know, despite the fact that we might not land every tarpon um, – it's not only a fair fight if you're using 16 or 20 pound class, but also what I think a lot of people, and I learned this over both trips this past um, couple of, well, past month, two months, is that um, a lot of anglers don't understand that when they've got 80 pounds straight or 100 pounds straight, um, in Mexico, first of all, they don't know to ask because if, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if you, you don't know what to ask, you don't know what to ask. And so if you don't understand the leader setup, you don't understand that you're also in danger. And, um, I had very candid conversations at both lodges about why I felt very strongly that all the anglers need to understand that the choices that they are making every time they stepped on the boat, um, that if the guides had tied on 80 or 100 pounds straight leader for them, of course, I mean, is that in a fair fight with the fish and, you know, all of that? That's, that's, that's a whole discussion, right? But for the angler, let's say the wind blows and you get wrapped around your finger how do you break how do you break that leader off and what i think a lot of people don't realize is that you're putting yourself in danger when you might lose a finger or you may have a very deep abrasion to your hand because you cannot straight rod and pull 80 to 100 pound easily and break it yeah so you know, this is, uh, you know, Jen and I, we kind of agree, but don't agree on some things. And 
here's where I am. Go look and see what fly line you're throwing. See how we see what the breaking strength of the fly line is. I'm not so much in the danger of the game. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna leave it here and and let it go. But I'm with the Steve Huffs of the world that say if you're throwing eighty pound, you ain't fly fishing. End of story. You can be on my side or the other side. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You do what you want to do. But I'm just telling you my experience. You don't need straight 80 or straight 100 to catch these big fish. So we're at ABL. The permit fishing was, uh, I don't remember. I didn't catch, I mean, you know, these permit fish, people love, you know, so Ascension Bay is like world-class fishery for permit. Um, we've been all up and down the Yucatan, all the way to Ishkalak, Mahawal, all the way in between fishing for permit for the past four or five years. Um, permit, it's, you know, one of those elusive fish for me, and people love them. They're I just, love them. They're, they're, <laughs> you know, they're super hard to catch on a fly to trick. They got these big ass eyes that see everything. I guess their nose is pretty good too. Um, they're just really picky and they're like on crack. They never, <laughs> except this last trip, whatever, but they're always on the move. They're never like just laid up looking at you, waiting for you to pass a fly in front of their face. They're always moving, twitchy. They're just cracked out. Um, they're tough to, to catch on the fly. Then I, and I guess that's the, that's what everyone loves about. Yeah, and at ABL, we definitely had opportunities. I did not have, um, we had follows. We did not have an eat that I can recall between Rob and I. I think, that trip maybe maybe two. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start counting leans, <laughs> sniffs, sniffs, <laughs> looks, looks <laughs> swim all bags. the above before permit. Yeah. So uh, I think I think out of I think that trip maybe like he side eyed my fly. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a side eye. I got side a side eye. eye. But um, we we were on this. I mean, it was a, the, the fish were small, but we were on a really beautiful um school where rob and i had an opportunity at abl with feely to change i think i at least six maybe eight different flies i mean we gave them the buffet Mm -hmm. and uh, we i mean everything from all the above all of it all of it um and you know we got follows but we couldn't get eats and um, avalon did we throw a flexo? Oh, I don't remember, but I know we th- we threw two different floating. Crab. We threw a raghead. Oh yeah. Floating crab, two varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, shrimp pattern, squimp. Yes. yes. Um, at all these fish, you know, no interest. No. So, um, fast forward, we went to Palometta Club and Rob. Well, and wait, wait, let's wait, talk. No? About, okay, no, go ahead. Go can't ahead. fast forward okay, past. ABL that quick. <clears throat> um, 
I don't think were any permit caught. I think two. Really? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. So long ago. But I think so. Um. But one, yeah. One of the days we were fishing, Jen was like. I want to catch a triggerfish. Well, I've wanted I've wanted to catch a triggerfish for. Oh, she's tried. So, well, I, I've I've cast at a triggerfish in Mahawal, and it ate my fly, and you know it looked at me. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that cute little trigger and I made eye contact for quite a while as it chewed through my leader, and um, that was that. And then that's my only real trigger opportunity. And then I thought, darn it, I really want to, because they're such amazing, cool-looking fish. I mean, how beautiful are they? And I thought, you know, I really would like to catch one. So we reserved 30 minutes or so at the end of one of our fishing days, and, and Feely brought us go find trigger fish and i mean trigger fish galore we were yeah, it's, you know i fished for triggers just on like you know walking the beach in Mahawal, um maybe ishklak too um and you know i always see these great 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 triggers but like we pull up to this fucking reef in punta allen and like you know, they're like, there's right here, right. You know, they're, they're pointing out these fish everywhere, and, and they're, they're like, they're like blue tinted. Some of them have like this blue hue and you're just like, oh shit. Oh, oh, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know anything about triggers. I mean, the only ones I've seen are tailing are, they look gray and black, you know, but these guys are bluish and I guess they have a few different kinds there. But, uh, anyway. Jen wants to catch trigger, so we're trigger fishing. Jen's trigger fishing. Yeah, and we we tied on Avalon, um, and I I mean I kid you not I I mean I threw at a few different triggers right, and then you know the guides are you know, Feely and um, was it I guess Carlos that yeah, day yeah. and um and and then they're ever. And, there's so many trigger fish, but I thought, you know, I need to find my fish. <laughs> and they're all like 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I thought, no, I see this trigger at three o'clock. And, you know, I did everything that the angler's not supposed to do. And I ignored my guide and I cast to my fish at three o'clock and it just gobbled my fly, and it was so cool. I didn't even think about it, you know. It wasn't like follow and nose down and on and on like triggers do. It just inhaled it. It ate it. It ate it. Right and away. then the fun thing was that as I'm, you know, trying to catch and bring this fish to the boat, another trigger fish was literally trying to eat the fly out of out of my trigger fish's mouth and that was something else and um but yes i did i landed my first trigger and it was such a treat for me yeah so success so much fun so much fun yeah it was great Mm -hmm. it was cool they're cool little fish Mm -hmm. um next on my checklist is a box fish yeah so you know (laughs) speaking of like trigger fish box fish um, you go to Punta Allen, 
the things you can catch on fly. You know, you they have they have the big three or four. They have tarpon, permit, uh, snook, and bonefish. Those are your big four fish that you can catch. They also have boxfish, um, triggerfish. Um, so many snappers. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as like sight fishing kind of things, those are kind of your, like your six. You know, but I mean, yeah, you can catch a snapper, you know, different different types of things. Did you say snook already? Yeah, I yeah, said okay. snook. Um, but yeah, that was the trip at ABL. Thanks, Daniel. Love him to death. Um, has a great operation there. Look him up. Go go take a trip. Um, came back home. Reassessed the leader situation. Um, tied up some different flies. Um, you know, for the uh, tarpon, we went. We we were heading back down, and so I tied up a ton of. Uh, flies to be prepared because we, we we actually hosted a trip down there which we'll host another one in june next year or so to go fish for tarpon so you know keep that on your back burner if you want to go and, and you've never been if you've <laughs> never been and you you're you don't understand how it works out and you don't want to go by yourself you know shoot us a message go with us we'll we'll take you down there we'll uh go explore it and try it out. And, um, anyway, so I tied up a ton of flies for the group and the idea was go down there, fish a day, see how everyone did at Palometto club and the guides there are top notch too, but go see how everyone did. And after, at the end of the first day, say, all right, when you went to your fly box after the first day, what did you wish you had? And hopefully that was the fly I had. Um, so thankfully one of the flies that I tied, I call it Tassano. His name is. Tassano. I thought it was Tiziano. Tiziano. Yeah. Anyway, I call it Tassano fly. It's a shrimp fly. Um, and on our trip, it was responsible for three permit, two permit that broke off. So a total of five permit bit this fly over the week. Nine. Nine. We fed at 12 permit. We landed eight. And my fly, my. Listen to Jen. She knows better than I. My permit was on kind of a modified, um, Oh, strong I guess. arm. Um, it was like a modified strong arm. And I don't know why she didn't throw my fly. I think she wanted to throw Mike Gifford's fly just to. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. She and uh, I tied all these flies. She didn't even throw my fly. No, I did. <laughs> and and then um, two of the other permit that were landed were on um, a different fly as well. But um, and then and then I think I believe one of the others but out of the 12 permit eat um the vast majority and i believe i believe eight out of the 12 eats were all on the tiziano shrimp fly um a a variation so there was the original tiziano shrimp fly with that was a little bit lighter weight and then rob 
Tinker. Different weights, different colors, different yeah. legs, you know. Yeah, but Rob tinkered with it and really made this super cool version of the Tiziano. And it's heavier and um, different eyes and different legs. And, and man, that, that fly was something else. And, and the guides, um, most of the time would pick those flies. I mean, of course, we also saw them fishing flexos, which I hadn't seen in a while or really ever. I feel like in the past many, many, many times I've been to Mexico, flexos have not been the preferred fly to throw. It was always ragheads. Um, and we certainly threw ragheads, but um, it was flexos and then the heavy and like Tiziano shrimp. So it was it was really cool to see kind of the the change in the preference for flies. Um but yeah. Yeah, and on our trip, you know, multiple tarpon were at least hooked and jumped. I don't know how many were landed. I mean some small ones were landed of course. Um multiple bonefish, like Jen said, eight eight permit were landed throughout the week. Um but I mean as far as like if I look at my my notes you know as far as flies go like uh, i'll go through like when i go to mexico i'm not gonna i'm not gonna target bonefish um i'm gonna target permit and i'm gonna target tarpon and for people wondering like what do you need yeah you can go down there with the arsenal you can go down with the seven eight nine ten eleven twelve um me personally I'll Wait, go down there. You're talking about rods. The rods. Now. Okay. Um, you know, as far as your equipment, I'll go like the past two, three times I've been on there. I took a 10 and an 11 or a 10 and a 12. Um, I find, you know, you got to line your lines. You got to line, you got to line your 10 weight with whatever you're comfortable throwing. You know, you might throw a longer head, Ten weight line, so you can carry more line, throw farther, or you might throw a tarpon ten weight line, so you can load it faster and get it out there um, for permit. Um, and then on your eleven weights, strictly for tarpon, or your twelve weights for tarpon. So when I go to Mexico, I take two rods, a ten and a twelve. Um, some people will take an eight, nine, ten, twelve. Um, some people might take a nine, eleven. Um, some people might take three rods, you know, I, I like so. to bring a nine and 10 with 10 being my primary permit rod. Nine used to be my primary permit rod. And then I learned over the years, actually talking to, you know, my, my Mexico friends who live there and permit fish all the time. They say, well, you know, 10 is really our primary because of the wind and whatnot. So the wind's going to blow down there. It, yes. it is no, it's not, yeah. it's rarely yes. calm. Right. So I bring 10 is what I throw 90 plus percent of the time. And I have my nine weight rod in case of flat calm conditions or leader shy, spooky permit, then I'll throw a nine weight. But 10 weight is really what I do for permit. Yeah. And then. 11 I have for tarpon. Yeah, and we talked about yeah. the permit. I mean, we talked about the tarpon leader setup, you know, 
Um, the permit setup is going to be pretty standard. I mean, you could throw 12, 12 pound tippet. I don't recommend um, it. It's kind of like one of those things. It's great because it's smaller mm -hmm. and the fish might be a little more apt to bite it. Most people throw 16. Right. That's, but that's the perfect. The, I think the consensus is, is that it's at least got to be a 12 foot leader. We're oh, not throwing nine yeah. foot leaders down there at all. Oh, They're no, all no, 12 no. foot leaders. Yeah 12, um, yeah, 12 foot plus. I mean, 12 foot, I think, is, yeah, like you said, like, I think that's that's totally reasonable. But no, no nine foot leaders. That's not going to work. Yeah, and, you know, on this last trip, um, just kind of, I did catch a permit. Praise God. Yay, I finally. Mean, I, I think it was like, it's, you know, that's what people talk about, you know, when they're like, oh, I want to go catch a permit. Like, yeah, you got to spend, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. I'm there. Um or fifty thousand. But I did catch a permit. <laughs> it wasn't a big one. It wasn't a small one. It was somewhere in between. But um, one thing I will kind of kind of circle back to is I had a solo day one day, and you know had you know my guides for the day, and I they said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to tarpon fish," and they said, "Okay," and I said, "What I'd really like to do is." Go to the tarpon flat, anchor up, and see what swims by. You know, we'll move in with the tide, move out with the tide. And that's the thing, too. Like, when you go down to Mexico, like, all these guides that work at these lodges, they all speak English. I mean, they, under, you know, you talk to them like I would talk to you. So, you know, it's a simple conversation of, hey, I'd like to sit here. Let's see what happens. Give me a couple hours. And let's see what happens. And sure enough, you know, with my little bit of experience, we're sitting on the flat. And, you know, the first time we get there, <clears throat> we're pulling to get in position. And here comes some tarpon swimming by, and it's fire drill. And it's like, make a cast, cast, cast. And I'm like, all right, guys, you know, give me a time and a distance, and we'll make it happen. And, you know, he's pulling, he's pulling, he's pulling. And I'm like, Let's just anchor, just try it out. And we anchor and we try it out and we stayed on the hook or the anchor all day. And we had probably four or five shots. We hooked two fish. Um, some swam wide because we weren't set up right, but the tide was moving. So that's understandable. But, you know, I think. And we were at the end of, I, I, we should. Yeah, we're at the end of the, the end migration. Of the migration. So and it's the slower part of tarpon. And that's the thing. You talk to all these guides down there. I don't care if they're the senior guide, the guide lodge manager, or any of them. They're all going to tell you the same thing is we're learning to. They are learning how to fish these tarpon more effectively than they're used to. So it, it's going to take some massaging and a lot of people that go down there are massaging these guides into like a better way, which mm -hmm. we think are the better way. Um, so I guarantee next year it's going to be a total gangbusters and lights out tarpon fishing because everyone's going to understand, you know, like we'd sit on a flat where the tarpon flat was and, you know, I'm just talking candidly with my guides and I say, you know, all I know is Florida, right? So I'd say, you know, this guy here, 
he's too close. He's screwing it up but from that guy to us. You know, he's screwing up the fishing. Because the fish have no time to relax and get back in their state of cruising down the line. Um, so they're learning. They're, they're figuring it out. And, you know, there's nothing but good things to come from tarpon fishing down there. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I almost, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because I want people to know how amazing it is. On the other hand, it is um, one of, I mean, it's a world-class tarpon fishery. Yeah. And <coughs> one that is fairly untouched. And it's untouched. Um, unpressured ocean, you know, what what you can imagine, oceanside tarpon yeah. in clear water, shallow flats, and migrating. And my word, you know, and it, you know, it's it, it's going to be up to the human race to ruin it. You know, and I mean, we will ruin it. Um, the reason why the fishing is so good there for tarpon right now is because they're unpressured. Right. They're, they haven't seen a fly since, I don't even know, Honduras. Who knows? You know, they're just coming up the coast. They get to Mexico, and they see a fly that's right in front of their face. They can't do anything but eat it. Mm-hmm. So the more pressure we put on the fish, the more gun-shy they're going to get, but they flow. But, you know, the wonderful thing is, at least where we fish in Punta Allen, is that the licenses for boats are limited and maxed out as of today. And so, uh, and it's been that way. So no more pongas can go into Ascension Bay. So it's up to the lodges that are there with the guides who have the pongas and have existing fishing licenses to figure it out. And that's the coolest thing about it, I think. (laughs) And I love that we're getting to see it unfold. Yeah. Yep. So Mexico, awesome. Permit, tarpon, bonefish, snook, triggers, boxfish, all the above. Um, Be on the lookout to uh, come with us next June or so to go down there and uh, wrangle some of these fish. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the same price whether you go by yourself or you go with me and Jen. It's the same price. I mean, might as well go with us. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. I'm going to make a little plug for myself just to break it up a little bit. Um, I do guide fly fishing trips only. Um, upper Texas Coast, West Galveston Bay. Um, I'd love to take you out. If you're looking to go guide or know someone who would like to fish in the Upper Texas Coast, Go to marshflycharters.com, fill out the form, get in touch with me, what have you. Anywho, shameless plug, but it's my show. So. Oh, and, and y'all, mean, I mean, if if y'all watch and follow us, I mean, Rob is, um, he won't tell you, but, you know, there's, there's a, a wonderful handful of guides here in Galveston Bay, and Truly, they're all exceptional. And Rob, I would venture to say, has been fly fishing this bay, 
this marsh longer than probably anyone that's currently on the water. I mean, 10 plus years only in West Galveston Bay and knows these waters and um, can see the fish <laughs> way far away and enough to give you incredible um Incredible anxiety because you get a long time to wait for those redfish to to <clears throat> get to where you need to be. But it's it is good fun. So absolutely, I think. Yep. Yeah. Commercials over. Now we are on to the Feather Flickers Fall Classic, which is coming up next weekend. So by the time you hear this, it will be that weekend. And uh, we have a great bunch of sponsors from Skinny Water Culture. Turtle Box, which we went to Turtle Box today. That's a cool office, man. Headquarters. It's like one of those creative spaces, you know. It's Mm -hmm. like cool, raw, creative. I mean, they got. I mean, they got this big ass box, dude. It's huge. It's gonna be like full on. Is that on the market yet? That I big don't, turtle I, box? I've never seen it till I went there. I hadn't seen it And then they have either. the little mini that'll be out quarter two next year. Oh, my goodness, um, y'all. It's like the anyway, kind that you can travel with. You know, bring it to Mexico. Bring it to the Keys. We're still rocking oh my. Gen 1 turtle box. And, and it sounds amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, Got to thank Yeti. Um, Got to thank uh, Gordian Sons. Coast Sunglasses. And PowerPole, which is a new sponsor for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this year's tournament, we do not have a sold-out field, which is totally fine with me. It's a little different format this year. We're doing a shotgun start, cash prizes for the winner, and we have a lot of a lot of gifts from the sponsors. And, and in years past, we've, like, did raffles to raise money, but we're you know what, this year... We're just going to give a whole bunch of shit away. You show up to the weigh-in. You know, of course, we're not just going to give it to, like, bystanders. But if you're in the tournament and you show up to the tournament, we're just going to... I'm going to be Oprah Winfrey and just give shit away. And the reason we did a shotgun start is because we feel strongly that we want a, a Galveston Bay, a West Galveston Bay tournament. And... No, we don't have boundaries, but the reality is it's going to be hard to run to Matagorda or Sabine. You know, I mean, you can do it. You can do whatever but you want to do. we want people, ultimately, we want everyone to start from the same place and hopefully fish here. But, you know, there's... Yeah, and, things. you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, <clears throat> you know, it's on a bad weekend. I get it. There's no good like I'm 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 on your side. I there is no good weekend to do anything in Texas. There's always something going on whether it's fall. hunting season yeah. or I mean like right now it's too dang hot. The fishing's I mean it's it's turning on. It's it's good. Um but it's so hot. But <laughs> it's hot, you know, and hopefully we we, we fish from like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's the kind of the thing is like you know, I'm sorry that it, it falls on the weekend that it falls on. And, like, I know some people have, you know, plans and families to take care of. But 
you know, backs against the wall. I don't know when to do it. When do you do it? You point at a calendar date and you pick one and you just go with it. That wasn't involved with deer hunting and every, I mean. Yeah, I mean, th- we got all kinds of opening things, Opening dove know? and we didn't know that. But, I mean, it was, th- it was, it's kind of like politics. We picked the best of the worst. Yeah. The so, <laughs> anyway, Feather Flickers Fall Classics going down next weekend. We have half the field. That's going to leave in a shotgun start, battle it out on West Galveston Bay or wherever their little boat can take them. And, uh, you know, it's a three fish catch photo release tournament. And uh, we're going to give away a ton of stuff. It's going to be fun. We're going to have barbecue, burgers, the whole nine yards. It's going to be a great time. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, While we're talking about Feather Flickers Fall Classic, like Jen just said, we'll hit a little bit on the fishing here locally. It's been um, morning time fishing only for me. I mean, it's like daybreak to 10 o'clock, it's done. I mean, I've, yes, can you force it and get something to happen after the fact? Yes, but it seems like everything kind of dies as it, as it heats up. Um, I've been finding fish backing in the back, um, tailing. They've been doing all sorts of things, schooling the whole, everything you can imagine. That's what I've found, um, locally here. Um, let's, uh, kind of wrap it up and we're going to wrap it up with, um, Jen's uh, tournament down in, once again, down in Mexico in Punta Allen. The ladies' permit, Pachanga. Um, yes. Pachanga, Pachanga. <laughs> Pachanga. Pachanga. Uh, um, my, my Texas accent wants to say Pachanga, but I'm really trying to train myself to say Pachanga. Um, but it's yes. like Panga versus Panga. I know. You so know? Anyhow, we are, um, I, you know, it is... An amazing um, group that gets together, and last year was twelve women. Yes, last year was six boats. (laughs) Last year was fourteen. Lots of booze. Yes, lots of booze. Lots of good times. Lots, you know, lots of permit. Um, And really, how it works is the whole the whole point of the tournament is to support the community of Punta Allen, Mexico, and the guides and the community and the fishery of Ascension Bay. And that is the premise of the tournament. And the um, the really nominal term- tournament fee, um, a portion of that all goes back to the um, community. Last year, we donated a total of $5,600, which was... Um, the Pachanga donation matched by Tailwaters. And um, we were, you know, one of the kind of founding donations to um, the Palometta Club Rising Tide Fund, which is a 501c3. And um, that's, that's really why I created it. I also created the tournament so that I could get women together that were kind of crazy enough to go chase permit. And because I figured there's got to be more out there than 
the few that I've come across, and there are, and it is, it has been exceptional to get these women together and um, and do something for a good cause while having a great time. And right now, I've got a, a couple of rods open. Um, Two spots. Yeah, a couple of my great friends have had some you know, situations come up. And so, yeah, I'd love to um, fill the boats for Punta Allen and um, make it, make it all happen. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, some of the, some of our incredible sponsors are of course, Teal Waters um, in Dallas and Palmetto Club where we are holding the tournament. And then Yeti has come through big for us and Costa, and um, Mike Gifford has generously donated eight flies per angler of incredible flies. In fact, one of the flies I kind of water tested this past trip and caught my um, fifth beautiful permit on it. Um, Amanda Wilshire, she um, is another incredible sponsor and artist, AWD Art. And... Um, We'd love to, love to join, you know, have you join us. So come on with it. Yeah, guys and girls, um, you know, if you have that uh, wife or girlfriend or side piece that is interested in fly fishing or, and, you know, maybe has done it just a little bit, this isn't like a professional onlys kind of thing. It's like beginners season the whole nine yards i mean it's going down there having fun having camaraderie meeting some women that fly fish and share the same 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 excitement and passion as the other women that can do it in a comfortable scenario i mean it's competitive but it's friendly competition um the goal the end goal is to raise money for the town, for the children of, of Punta Allen, and to have a good time. And, you know, if you've never been to Punta Allen, this is a great opportunity for your significant other to get down there and experience something on their own and kind of call it their own kind of thing, you know. So it's um, it's a pretty cool thing. Um well said, babe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's something that, you know, some. Even some dudes are like on the fence about like, oh, I don't know, go about going to Mexico, but it's like it's not, it like, it, it's so. Tranquilo, so easy, so. Professionally. So professionally done. ran, like I mean, there everything's taken care of. I mean, from your your transfer from the airport to the to the lodge i mean it's the same people that are taking you it's not like some random joe you're hopping in a cab with you know it's no, like we basically have the mayor of punta allen drive us i mean yeah it i is, mean it's 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 super comfortable super like never not once do you feel sketchy i mean it's totally safe totally great i'd say Get it done. I mean, go on the trip. I mean, it's going to be a blast. And, you know, once you're in, you're in. You know, if you love it, you can come back year year after year and 
kind of keep on doing it. Once it's kind of like one of those things. Once you have a spot, you always have a spot. That's when, right. That's once how you, I do once it. you give it up, yeah. you give it up, you know, and the next person in line gets it. So kind of jump on it and go on the trip. I mean, it's all girls. So, so much fun, you know, for all the girls. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, we're coming up on a little over two hours. Um, I'm glad that uh, those who hung around to the very end hung around. I appreciate everyone, and hopefully we can do this a little bit more on the regular um, if we have something to talk about besides tarpon in Mexico. <laughs> Seems will. like that's the most <laughs> of our conversation because that's what I'm really passionate about, but our red fishing here is pretty damn good. So, anywho... Thank you guys for listening. Jen, you got anything else to say? No, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. All right, guys. Once again, thank you and uh, see ya. <laughs>